The United States Senate passed their own version of a repeal and replace healthcare bill last week. Many of the concerns OHSU had with the House version remain with this bill. And a forum held at OHSU brought together business leaders to discuss gun violence as a public health issue. It's Monday, June 26th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. On Thursday, Senate Republicans unveiled their plan to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Abby Tibbs is OHSU's Associate Vice President for Government Relations. So thank you for joining me again. You were here, I guess it was about a month ago, and when the American Health Care Act passed through the House, and this week the Senate passed a bill, first of all, What's the name? Is it the is it the same name or is there a different name this time? Sure. Um, thanks for having me again. So the Senate this week passed um, what is known as the Better Care Reconciliation Act of 2017. Um, and that is um, their version of the Obamacare um, repeal and replace legislation. So it gets a little confusing because now we have three different sort of um, Acronyms and um, titles to remember. We have the American, uh, we have the Affordable Care Act, um, otherwise known as often Obamacare, um, and then we have the American Health Care Act from the House, is which is their version of repeal and replace of Obamacare, and then we have the Better Care Reconciliation Act of 2017, which is the Senate's version. Um, at some point, the American Health Care Act and the Better Care Reconciliation Act will have to become one bill. Um, that is either reconciled through a conference committee if it passes the Senate, um, or this, the House could straight up pass the Senate bill if they were so inclined. So is the is the Senate bill essentially the American Health Care Act, you know, version two, or is it a completely separate thing? Yeah, so there's been a lot of speculation. Um, you probably have heard um, a lot of criticism that the Senate um, legislation was negotiated um, and drafted behind closed doors. I don't think it's had a committee hearing. Um, folks were anticipating that it would look significantly different than the House American Health Care Act because of a lot of the rhetoric that had come from the Senate um, during the deliberations in the House. Um, yesterday, sort of with much anticipation, um, a bill discussion draft was released. Um, and there are some key similarities, but there are also some key differences, and ones for which I think um, OHSU, among many academic medical centers and um, uh, constituency <clears throat> groups that were affiliated with in DC, are disappointed by. Um, oh, so, and, well, so let's start with the ones that were that are were disappointed by. And sure. Yeah. So I think um, there was a, a, we are deeply concerned about the cuts to the Medicaid program and the restructuring that um, that was in the American Health Care Act in the House and had some hope that the Senate would take a different approach. And in fact, the Senate actually proposes deeper cuts into the Medicaid program. Um, uh, so and they do that. And you'll probably often hear about this um, because they tie the amount of money um, to a different index so that the money coming into the states will grow more slowly um, beginning in 2025. Um, and so the House bill had tied it to the in, uh, index around medical costs, and the Senate bill ties it to an index around inflation. So in, um, in practice, 
it will mean deeper cuts into the Medicaid program. Um, so that's obviously very problematic for OHSU in terms of fulfilling our mission. And we will continue to speak out um, against those deep cuts into the Medicaid program. Are most of the, the concerns from the American Health Care Act the same for this, or are there some things that are better? There are some things that are different. Um, the things that you will hear about, the, both bills um, stop funding from, for Planned Parenthood for one year, which is um, controversial and may, may be problematic in terms of trying to get the votes um, for the Senate bill in the Senate. It has been very um, you know, widely known that the Senate will have to rely on all Republican votes to get the bill passed, and there are some moderate Republicans who don't like um, don't who don't agree with that provision so we'll see um, how that one fares as, through the rest of negotiations um, there are some other um, areas in which their tax credits they deal with a little bit differently um, the house bill relied on um, age-based um, tax credits the Senate bill um, largely goes back to income-based tax credits, so that's one key differential. It mirrors a little bit more like Obamacare, but um, but we're still digging into the bill um, to, to better understand that. Um, those are kind of the big, um, there's a lot of technical changes, and I'm happy to, to answer questions that faculty and staff and employees um, have about specific aspects um, of both the bills. We're still really trying to um, dig through to better understand kind of the differences. But at the top level, um, I think we are you know, very disappointed um, and concerned about the Senate version of the repeal and replace of Obamacare. So what is the kind of institutional stance on this? We, um, as you know, Dr. Robertson um, and the institution had spoke out against the American um, Health Care Act and really the basis for that was um, that you know OHSU provides leadership in health policy when the health and well-being of Oregonians at stake. We're not a partisan organization and we don't think health care should be political. Um, but because the cuts um, and the policy changes were so drastic to OHSU being able to fulfill its mission, um, we had no other choice than to speak out against the American Health Care Act. While we haven't completed our analysis, I um, don't expect our position to change. Um, given that the Senate bill looks like it makes deeper cuts and um, doesn't make enough changes from the American Health Care Act to really warrant um, a, a different position potentially, but we're still doing the analysis and we'll certainly circle back with you if that changes. Well, thank you for taking time to join us again. And yeah. uh, I guess I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to talk to you again as this continues to evolve. Yeah, and if anyone has um, questions or is interested in the work of government relations, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks. All right, thank you. That was Abby Tibbs, OHSU's Associate Vice President for Government Relations. Last Tuesday, an event organized by OHSU, PSU, and the OHSU-PSU School of Public Health brought together business leaders to discuss gun violence as a public health issue. Our goal is simple, to align the efforts of the public health community with the business community, to generate unifying beliefs and actions to proactively examine and address structural barriers that create pockets of despair, disconnect, neglect, structural racism, limited opportunities, limited access to mental health services, oppression, and familial relationships gone bad. 
Dr. Brian Gibbs is OHSU's Vice President for Equity and Inclusion. John Quelch, a professor at Harvard's Business and Public Health Schools, said recently that every company has a public health footprint. That idea is the thesis behind his book, Consumers, Corporations, and Public Health. He believes that business and public health can inform and benefit each other because every corporation's products and policies have the potential to help or hurt health and well-being of the public by their effects on consumers, the companies, own employees, communities, and the environment. John Rosenthal, founder of Stop Handgun Violence and President Emeritus Management, was the keynote speaker. While we've been sitting here, a kid's been shot already. Uh, Every 30 minutes, a kid is shot. Every three hours, a kid dies. And uh, 90 more Americans will die. We will bury today. Um, When you compare that to 9-11, we basically have the equivalent of a 9-11 attack every month and a half in this country. And in 33 states, there's no background check for criminals, the dangerously mentally ill, uh, and even international terrorists that come to this country to buy guns because it's easier to get them here at at the 5,000 gun shows and in 33 states where you can buy guns, cash and carry, no ID or background check required. So we wanted to change the conversation and personalize it. We put up 15 beautiful photographs from kids killed all over the country, said the cost of handguns keeps going up, 15 kids killed every day, Uh, 250,000 impressions a day, uh, people driving on the highway. Um, This led to a a conversation that ultimately led to legislation. Um, And I am so proud to say, uh, as a guy that meets parents of dead children, Uh, every day, uh, that we have reduced the rate of gun deaths in Massachusetts since 1994 by 60%. Dr. John Hunter, interim dean of the OHSU School of Medicine, gave closing remarks. But it's been these forums and this effort that has made me see that we can move from complacency to action. When I was a kid, we didn't wear seat belts and would bounce around in the back of a car like pickup trucks, station wagons, like corn in a popper. Requiring the use of seat belts was viewed as robbing Americans of a basic freedom. Seat belt laws would be impossible to enforce because Americans just wouldn't do it, right? We didn't ban cars, but we did use public policy to make cars safer. Now even the cab drivers are wearing seat belts. The impossible became ordinary. Coupled with airbags, cars became sufficiently safe that lethal injuries decreased markedly, even as speed limits crept back up and the number of cars on the road doubled. Anyone who's driven in Portland lately certainly knows that we did not ban cars. (laughs) This is the perfect example of the intersection between public health and business. Public health campaigns informed government regulation and business innovation. This is why we are here today. We are here to catalyze change. OHSU and the OHSU 
PSU School of Public Health have committed to supporting this initiative moving forward. Sustaining today's momentum and defining next steps involves all of us working together as one. We held these forums without presuming to know the answers. We were here to listen. I can think of no greater honor and hope than to be in a room like this in the not too distant future when incidents of gun violence are fewer because people across the political spectrum woke up and realized that the freedom of owning a gun carries a responsibility to understand its danger to the household from accidental discharge to aggravated homicide to suicide. If stolen, it may be used in a criminal activity from burglary to murder. So only by understanding the facts and by supporting more research on the epidemiology of gun violence will we be, will we be better able to educate our colleagues on strategies and tactics to limit, if not eliminate, gun violence. We can all be part of that change, and I can't wait to get started. Thank you so much for coming today. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by me. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.